Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to Cracking the Rich Code with Miss Marilee. Your insider's club from authors and entrepreneurs across the country giving us their best to help us crack the rich code. And now, here is Miss Mary Lee. Welcome, everybody, to Cracking the Rich Code Radio. I am Miss Mary Lee. I am super excited today. I have Beth Robbins with me. Uh, she's a certified fitness coach, personal trainer, nutritional consultant, and life coach. Her expertise is getting her clients to step out of their box, take a leap of faith, and try to try new things to discover their raw potential and ultimately step into their light as they learn to see through their roadblocks and adapt to change and put their action toward their dreams and goals. And today we're talking about greatness, and I can't wait. Uh, Beth, are you there? I am here. How are you? All right. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so before the show, you know, we always chat a little bit, and we were talking about, um, you know, how we met Jim Britt, how we became part of, you know, this whole project, and it's really, really fascinating. Every story that I hear, it's just amazing how the alignment, and me being fortunate to have all of you come through the radio show, I, each one of us, there's, there's an underlying thread that connects all of us, and we all have the same belief. It's really powerful. It is so very your, powerful. It is. And, and you know what? In your chapter, starting over or just getting started, I'm reading this. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could totally relate to this. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. It says, I had a happy quarter of a century marriage and two beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then you had to go through <laughs> a divorce. <laughs> and yeah. your children left the nest and you moved to the city. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about that. Well, it was just a lot of life changes all at once, and nobody ever expects it to happen that way. And I had been talking about this with other people under different contexts as far as starting over. Um, So many people, women especially in their 40s or whatnot, uh, you know, if they go to college, they get a degree, they have a career, they're, you know, whatever it is they were, then the family comes along, they maybe step out of that career focus on raising the family and then the family leaves the nest and then they realize that, okay, maybe I want to get back in the workforce, but I don't really want to be what I was then. I'm a different person. And I, there's, do I start over? And then I and the key word there is they're a different person. They've evolved. And um, a lot of their uh, core values uh, are still the same, but what they want and desire out of life and their life experiences take them a different path and then they kind of struggle like well wait I was supposed to be this but I don't want to be that but I don't know what I want to mm-hmm. be when I grow up <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can totally relate to it that. was like uh oh yeah and, and for mm-hmm. I, you know I had to re-identify as a single person and I you know I tell people I had the same boyfriend in junior high a different boyfriend in high school and a, a boyfriend in college but the, the thing was I was always with one person for a long period of time and then uh, got married right out of college I was married almost exactly 25 years wouldn't mm-hmm. trade a single minute of it but then it was like I realized I never dated I never you know was single <laughs> I never lived in a, a place by myself you know I was in college oh I had God, a dorm so- roommate I had you know roommates all through college and boyfriend you know whatever i've never lived I alone i swear that's my story i i totally resonate with that i was married for 20 years i had my four kids and then oh. you know i found myself going through a divorce and i'm thinking what am i going to do i don't want to be an interior designer anymore and right? had to recreate yeah. everything that yes and so i totally understand that so now i want to jump yeah. back to this point you made um you said uh, we are blurred by so many distractions that that mm-hmm. clutter our intuition to see with vision. Most only see obstacles and settle for the path of least resistance and the road most taken. 
That's right. powerful right now, especially with that, because I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, this is a life that we created for ourselves for so many years. And then you mm-hmm. have to get out of it, recreate yourself. And you're talking about the blurred, um, the distractions and the clutter, and we have no vision. Right. How do that? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the vision is, you know, it's kind of like seeing the forest through the trees. And so pe- many people are, get bogged down with the all the details, and um, they also get bogged down what other people's idea of who you should be, uh, and that gets in the way. And then you're trying to live without judgment, you know, judging yourself, judging what, well, what are the people going to think of me if I go down this path or, um, you know, and then all the other distractions in your life, you know, just living day to day. And then, you know, stuff happens, you get a flat tire, you have to go get a filling or whatever. And, and then those become excuses for not, you know, getting on your right path. Yeah. And, yep. or, and also mistakes, you know, you try something and you fail and it's like, oh, shoot, I, you know, and then you, you go through that, you harbor all this, you know, guilt or, you know, judgment on yourself and, and uh, you get so bogged down with all, the, all of those distractions that you forget to get in tune with who you're, where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. And that's uh-huh. um, yep. the, the vision of, of where do you see yourself in 10 years? And, and that's yeah. a terrifying thought too. Some people it was <laughs> could it, that thought alone creates anxiety. I have no idea. <laughs> so exactly. It, Most people break it down and make no it simple. Idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's about following your heart. And you know, yeah. it's funny. I just did a, a show, another show on that, talking about the lack of vision and that desire. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about with this clutter and the distractions. That's literally what we're trained to do: is be so consumed with our daily distractions that mm-hmm. there's no way we can see past today. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it makes it very difficult to, to find out really what your gift is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, allowing yourself that, that opportunity to sit back and, and stop, Stop, get off the treadmill for a while and just sit back and mm-hmm. let, let things come to you. I think when you get in a quiet place and you open your mind and open your heart, things happen because they're supposed to happen. And you were so busy mm-hmm. not letting them mm-hmm. in that you, you, missed, you missed a lot of opportunities. So you true. Know? So, so true. So here's my next point. You put in here, I became mm-hmm. very in tune with my spirituality. How? What yes. did you do? Um, I just let it go. <laughs> um, you know, I, as far as, I've never been a religious person as far as following one religion. I was raised one right. way. I've married someone of a completely different faith. We raised our children that way, but we also taught them about my religion. And mm-hmm. so in that, I learned the history of religion and I learned, you know, the rules but I never learned uh-huh. to know a higher power. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I was taught to, well, you, you have to believe this because this is the way it is and this is, this is the way this book tells you have to, you know, this is how we're supposed to be doing it. But I never let myself believe it or feel it or live it because I was bogged down with rules and, you know, doctrines uh-huh. and everything. And when I got to this place where I stopped caring about what other people, people thought about me, I swear to God, I lost a hundred pounds because that's when you really get free. You know, stop caring so about what true. other people think about your decision. And I just let it come in. And um, it, it was so enlightening. And I, I still don't call it a name. I don't, I, I just feel like when I opened my heart and opened my mind, opportunities fell, literally fell from the sky. Part of that mm-hmm. was going through, um, you know, everything that I've gone through with getting divorced mm-hmm. and, and life changes and striking out on my own and, you know, adult children and their issues and everything, um, I just had to surrender to, you know, a higher power. You know, somebody mm-hmm. come in and take the wheel. <laughs> and right. that's what happened, you know. And, wow. uh, you know, when you have people that you've cared about who, uh, who pass away early in life and then also um, being able to take mm-hmm. care of my mom when she was sick and being there and, and just seeing the world through her eyes, um, it, it 
and it made me, it forced me to take a step back, take a pause, and and really let myself feel things that way. So, um, and that was how I got you, in tune. Oh, okay. So that's interesting to me too. Um, so what happened to your mom? She had a stroke. Um, no, no, she mm-hmm. had a stroke uh, late uh, 2016. Uh, out of the clear blue sky, she was uh, she was let's see, eighty something, um, but going on sixty. She was a very very fit, young, active woman, still teaching school. Um, you know, involved in a gazillion different clubs and taking care of uh, horses at a stud farm. Um, very, very active. And it just happened out of the blue. And um, it was a life change for all of us. And, uh, you know, I she was very debilitated, very, very sick. And, you know, we were able to be with her and work with her. And I was with her every single week um, and just nurturing her. And, you know, it, it, she went on about 25 months like that. Um, and, and she came mm. through to the point where she was healthy, um, but, you know, she wasn't the same. She was a different person and adapting mm. to that and attending to her needs that way. And that that two years really got me to um, reflect, reevaluate a lot. You know, first of all, I had a lot of time driving, um, you know, a three-hour drive each way. Uh, in order to be with her and then just quiet time sitting wow. with her and watching her, watching her brain and, and the things that she was still so very intellectual about things um, and spot on, um, but yet not knowing if it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And, and learning about mm-hmm. the brain and all of that was just so fascinating to me. And, and I look at that as, yes, it was very, very hard. It was very sad to see a woman that was so vibrant suddenly taken down like that, but it was also a mm-hmm. gift to all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it really was. With to be able adversity. to be there with her and for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. And um, I lost my mom. My mom had uh, pancreatic cancer. Oh, and I, my, I, my story is, yeah, my story is a little bit different. I was not three hours away. I was five minutes away. But okay. my mom was so worried about me that um, mm. she she really like you know no I don't want you know I don't want to see you today I'm not doing good today I'm all right but it, she just wanted me to be okay without her. Mm-hmm. So, so she yeah, was teaching very, you how to. She really did. I mean, she just didn't want me to to suffer, to be in pain, to be so distraught that I wasn't able to raise my kids. You know, all this stuff, and uh, yeah, and. I mean, as much as I appreciate that, on the other hand, it's like there was, that was precious time. And that was time, right. it sounds like, that you, you got to have with your mom gives you a different perspective. Right. And as and a it, mom. You know, yes, and, and the nurturer becomes the nurturee. You know, she was my mom, yeah. and yet it, kind of in the end I was, I was not her mom, but I was her caregiver, you know. You know, she, oh, yeah. she, was, she was in a nursing home, but, you know, she counted on us for, you know, everything. Um, right. You know, my my sister, she came in a lot, almost every weekend, and you know, a long trip. And to be able to have that time with both of us, and, and we were rarely there at the same time, but for her it was just a constant, we were there with her. And mm-hmm. I know that for both of us it was it was a, a true gift to be able to, mm-hmm. to have those memories. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but they were memories. Absolutely. And this is this is really light, and this is going to happen to all of us. At some point, we're going mm-hmm. to lose, right? And we're going to have to learn yep. how to deal with that, and we have to go on because we have a life that we have to um, not only live. We need to find out who we are and what we're, what our contribution is. And so right. through that adversity, right? And this is what you're talking about in here too, you know, is to find your own gift and who you are. Exactly. And to not take the time is is unconscionable because you were given that gift and to share with other people and to keep it to yourself isn't fair. So if you don't take the time to know what your gift is and you can't give it out away again, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how how would you go about finding that gift? Gosh, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... Um, you know, everybody has a different gift. Um, it's kind of like 
getting in, uh, it's part of the whole getting in tune with who are you. And, and I don't know that a 20-year-old is going to know what their gift is, you know. And, and gifts are different. You know, I, I started my career as a musical theater actress, and I went on into opera. And that was, my voice was my gift, as far as I knew, in my 20-year-old brain. I also know that uh, I, have, I was the I was gifted as a mom. I was intuitive. And so I think that as my life has gone on, I can look back over the last adult decades and say, oh, yeah, that's that's something that it's not unique, but the way that I do it is unique. You know, like we're all good moms or we're all good, you know, at our jobs or whatever it is. If you, you were born with certain talents, you're good at them. But how you express them and share them with other people is truly what your your unique gift is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus I think they have a tendency to minimize our gift, the value of our gift. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, like how am I going to make money with that or, you know, what's that going to bring? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's contrary to what society is leading us to believe. Right. You know, you, you obviously you have to make money, so go get yourself an education and then find yourself a job. Right. Right. Yeah. And the entrepreneurial it's not quite that is simple. a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you know, how do you find a job that resonates with your gift that you can actually make money? And then there's also that little ink inside of you that says you feel guilty making money doing something that you love doing. Right, because it can't. That's it just true. can't. We don't deserve to be that happy. How can we be happy and wealthy at the same time? You know, that's, there's got to be something wrong with that, and there isn't. Oh yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. a stumbling block for people that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe I'm making money doing this. Like I just love doing it. Well, that's exactly where you're supposed to be, and get over the fact mm-hmm. that you're making money. That's that's just, you know, mm-hmm. you you make the money so that you can give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Uh- Right. Well, I mean, it's that's the society we live in. We need to have some sort of exchange. That's it. Exactly. It's our contribution, and then, you know, we get back. So, mm-hmm. all right, that mean, leads me to this where she says, you said, mm-hmm. I will not entertain a career, a career offer that would jeopardize my health and well-being, putting myself mm-hmm. in an unhealthy environment, including careers that cause undue stress, sleep deprivation, and uh, slim opportunities to eat well, as well as toxic <laughs> coworkers or clients that drain my energy. Exactly. Yes. That's, that's every office job, it sounds like. <laughs> well, you, you know, I think people take jobs because, you know, they want the money or, you know, whatever. But if that's why you're going to be burned out and you're not going to be fulfilled and, and I will not even entertain it. And and that came with just really getting in uh, aligned with my core values right now. And I never put myself first. I was always a people pleaser and a giver. Mm-hmm. And I still am. I still, I mean, right. as much as I say, I don't, I do care what other people say, but I try not to let it bother Absolutely. me. But you know, you, uh, the people pleasers of the world, we always, put ourselves last sometimes we don't even put ourselves on a list and Mm -hmm. I did that I've been there done that and it's kind of like wait a minute (laughs) you know what about me and that's right you know when you don't feel well when your energy is off it's like well then something what's going on in my little sphere that's causing this uh, lack of energy balance and it's you know Either I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm trying to please somebody, um, I'm surrounded by people who aren't vibrating on the same frequency that I am, and it's bringing me down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are toxic coworkers, and, and for me, I'm, I'm in a client-based business, and, you know, toxic clients, they're just Debbie Downers, and, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. I can say or do that's ever going to change them but I can change how I react to them. So either I just disengage and I'm not with them anymore or, you know, figure it out. That's but right. Knowing what's, what's not making the, the energy right, you know, being able to identify that, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's age and wisdom or experience, but I just will not put myself in those positions anymore. Because well, at the end of the day, if I'm standards. not happy, <laughs> right. and no one's going to be happy, you know, so. Mhm. It's a, it's not a Ab- win-win. Right. 
So it sounds to me like, like literally you just have found your standards of what you won't put up with where, you know, others will sacrifice their standards for the idea of money, you know, Mm -hmm. and and happiness thinking that that money will bring them happiness eventually, but it doesn't. You you have to find your happiness first. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I think. A hundred percent. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're just so. Oh, I was so going to say. I, I heard a great. I did hear a great quote the other day, and it's it's kind of relates, but it's it says money makes you more of who you already are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you think Definitely. about if Definitely. you are already somebody who's a greedy person who doesn't give back, and you get more and more money, you're just going to be more and more stingy, greedy, whatever. And someone Correct. who is a giver, who is philanthropic, who, who mm-hmm. you know, volunteers, the more yep. money they have, the more they're going to give back. That's right. That's right. It just magnifies who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people who make excuses for themselves saying, well, if I had more money, I would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beware. Would you? That's not true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because no. if you had two pennies, yeah. you got to give the one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Plus, I mean, it doesn't even always come down to money. It's whatever whatever it is you have. You know, you mm-hmm. have a, a kind word. You know, you can give a hug. You can, you know, give an attaboy. You can encourage somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can give time. Right? Yeah, time. Exactly. But, yeah, okay. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> because people, <laughs> you know, just on that, you know, well, time is money. Time is money. I can't give you any time unless I'm making money, which yeah. is unfortunate. You don't want to waste your so time with people who don't appreciate your time, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in your chapter... You're asking us questions here, mm-hmm. uh, asking us to build our story, right? So what gives you joy? Why is that so important? Uh, giving What gives you joy? Well, that's, that's the bottom line of what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. So what, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? What makes you not dread Monday morning? Um, how do you... Uh, how do you, I don't know, how do you find your, it, it goes into your why. It's kind of like, why are you doing what you're doing if you're not happy doing it? And, and knowing what gives you joy. For me, I love uh, helping people. I love making people have those aha moments, whether it's in fitness or it's a, a life coaching situation where they're like, oh, my gosh. And 20 other people could have said the same thing to them but it was just a different way of saying it to him. So for me, mm-hmm. my joy is helping other people. It always has been since I was a little girl. It, even when mm-hmm. I was a singer, it was like I used to say a little prayer. I used to say before I would go out on stage, um, and it was to God, like just help me make one somebody smile today during mm-hmm. this two-hour show or you know, make them forget what's bothering them. And it was this whole mm-hmm. little thing. It became almost like this weird little ritual that, you know, I was um, worried that if I didn't do it, it was going to be a bad show. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That was for me. That was, and that just, it's like I, I like a goosebump moment. And, and I used to almost cry mm-hmm. when I would be with a client and they would have a moment where they're, I, I had done something to affect change in their life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me, and I would literally tear up or get goosebumps like, oh my gosh, this is, this is my joy. This is what gives me joy. And what a blessing to know that, that, that that's what gives me joy. And, and that's, I think, for everyone to be able to find that, it doesn't have to be what gives me joy, but what gives you joy, then mm-hmm. I think that is a, is a beacon light to say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what gives me joy. Maybe I could figure out a way to create that into a career path. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the absolute truth right there, too. And, again, going back to not believing in ourselves and that our gift has value. So, obviously, mm-hmm. your voice is a gift. You know, when you, you yes. go out and sing, it's God coming through you. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and people enjoy it. 
You know, so you're you're giving well, and you're making the world a better place. It's like every <laughs> it's like every bird out there chirping and singing and just making the airspace beautiful. It's for yeah. a reason. So we can all sit there and just enjoy it for a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we should never underestimate what it is that we love to do. If you just love playing guitar, but you really don't know how to play guitar, you've never had formal mm-hmm. lessons or anything like that, but you just love it. If you had the um the choice to do that all day long you'd be like yeah i'd really hone in on my skill don't dismiss it right that's your gift mm-hmm. yeah and polish 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 more you have to believe that what it is you want to give to the world if it's your talent with playing guitar um let me clarify that it's it's our joy Found, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of selfish in the beginning, right? Because it's your joy. You love right. to sing. Right. You love to give people that aha moment. It's your joy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, and if it's, if it's really, I just want to be something really big for the world and, and have my name out there. No, it has to be your joy, not, not mm-hmm. the popularity of it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, so, yes, okay, it so does. your next point, I love it. So your next point says, who inspires you? Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yes. Yes, and I, I think that, that that changes, too. Yeah, yeah, like how? Well, I think that, we you go know, through? obviously, when, when you're a little kid, you have a different inspiration, and um, as you go on, um, you know, there are people that can inspire you that have nothing to do with, with what you want to do with your life as a career. You know, they're just inspirational people because they get it or they, they speak to something that resonates with you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, for me, it's, it's I mean, it's all over the place. Who inspires me? It's it's authors. It's, um, I you know, I, I don't really follow in with celebrities, but it's somebody who um, who has taken the time to do the work to find out who they are and then are giving that back to people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my children inspire me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. inspire me to be a better, I hate this phrase, but the better version of yourself. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. true, though. It's crazy, crazy now. But it's, it's kind of like, I mean, it does make sense and it, it, it's in the way that it's it's spoken, but um, you know, they are, they're my reason. They're, they're you know, I want mm-hmm. to be a better person um, because at the end of the day, at the end of my life, it's a legacy. What have I done mm-hmm. to make make them proud or to reverse that, inspire them to be better little humans that they are? Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they that. are my inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yep. That's that's my story as well. They are my yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They it was like no, if if I I can't just sit here and preach to them and tell them how they're going to be, I have to model it. Yes, you I do. have to show them walk the way. The walk. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, I would have to say again. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say sometimes that in a certain part of their life they don't want to. <laughs> To claim that that you are inspiring them, you know they're they're I'm going to do this my way and whatever, um, <laughs> but they always come around back to circle back. Oh, mommy, you were right, mm-hmm. or oh, you know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. And so, as a parent, you really have to have patience and and know that that's an absolute truth. They will yes. come back around. So be patient. You don't have to be so heavy handed because they mm-hmm. are watching like sponges all the time. They are. Life. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. I think it's more do what I do, not what I say, you know. For less, sure. I mean, with mm-hmm. my kids, it was more less is more. I kind of always had a little bit of a step back and let them find their way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're still finding their way, but it's um, it's better if, if, you know, you give them the tools and, and all the love that you can. And you know that I used to say your children will become who they're supposed to be either in spite of you or despite you. But either way, they're going to find their way. For sure, they will. And that is the truth of it. Yep. And um, really, as a as a parent, our job here is to just love them. 
If they're secure mm-hmm. in that love, they know that you are supporting them, who they are and who they're growing to be, and not who we expect them to be, it's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Well, um, you know, sometimes I see that with adults is they feel like they need to be something uh, that they're not because maybe that's what their parents expected of them. So that's, it's kind of a, a two-edged thing. You know, people that uh, maybe had a different upbringing and their parents really insisted that they go be a doctor and so they went to go become a doctor mm-hmm. and their entire mm-hmm. career they never wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> and so, so they kind true. of tuned out their own little voice in order to tune into someone else's voice like their parents or a peer or whatever. And that whole time they never felt a complete fulfilling. They might have been a great doctor, but it wasn't their calling. And, um, you know, like they wish they would have picked up the guitar and played guitar more but, or whatever mm-hmm. it was, but it, it didn't, it, it didn't, uh, it didn't fit what they thought was expected of them. And and that's mm-hmm. another one. It's, it's, it's like free yourself of the judgment and, and worrying about what other people think or, or think that you should be doing and, and, taking that step back and listen to your own little voice in your, in your head, in your body, your gut, wherever your voice mm-hmm. is, because that is the song of your soul. That's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's who's speaking right. to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and on that, who inspires you, you say elevate your game and play at the mm-hmm. elite level, right? Like you yes. have to look around. Who am I hanging out with? Exactly. Yes, <laughs> thoroughbreds or junkies, mm-hmm. because you know right. you hang out with people, and you know they they might not be aspiring to be anything, and which is fine. Again, no judgment. But if you are someone who is really trying to elevate your own game, um, and you're still hanging out with people who aren't, then it's going to keep you in your status quo, which is a happy mm-hmm. place to be. But if you're trying to be something bigger, better, greater, uh, you're not going to get there that way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you got to have the courage to, I mean, love them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But leave. <laughs> or know, literally. Not leave, but, yeah, you know, kind of take a step back. You kind of do. But... You outgrow. You really outgrow yes. relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, if you find that you feel guilty outgrowing those relationships that aren't serving you, you're self-sacrificing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, There's you are. no reason to feel bad about outgrowing relationships if they no longer serve you because you are here to be your greatest self. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I had a friend who yeah. had always told me, she had a great quote, that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And it's up, mm-hmm. not up to you to decide which of those three it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, like you'll have a great friend who comes in and then out of the blue, they're gone. And no explanation, mm-hmm. no why, whatever. It has nothing, it's not a reflection on anything that you did or whatever. They were only just mm-hmm. there to be for, there for a short time. You would learn, you were, they're a puzzle piece for you and, and they were there to teach mm-hmm. you something or maybe you were there to teach them something. And Correct. then there's people yeah. that are there for a season, you know, and then there's your lifers. And I, again, I, I say like, until you get a little bit older you and wiser, you're able to pick that out a little bit quicker and you can look back and you can say, wow, you know, I'm still friends with, with Betty Lou from kindergarten. And yet I sure. haven't talked to my college roommate since we graduated college. You know, and we were best friends sure. or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. You don't want to destroy your relationships ever. I, I understand, never. you know, walk away like that. That's not the point. But to your point about, um, you know, keeping those relationships, it, you never know when they're going to come around again. But if they have, mm-hmm. you know, if they're only here for a short period of time or that season that you're talking about, it's like, don't forget about you. Don't get hung up and attached to those relationships to where you lose focus on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so what, what were you saying? We were talking about uh, the, the, the relationships and not to get and attached to the ones. Yeah. Mm. Go yes. ahead. 
Well, and, and mm-hmm. not to get attached and not to take it personally if they dissolve yes. or fade away. And and I loved your point about how sometimes they come back around, you know, and mm-hmm. you needed something else from them. And, and again, it's it's you either need something from them or they need something from you, and it's it's unconscious. So it's not, right. you know. Exactly. You know, I just love the whole, like, you're, we're all like giant puzzles, and your mm. your little missing pieces come in. Uh, when you least mm-hmm. expect it, and and then they they fit right in, and it's like aha, okay, so true. Which you know, attitude has a lot to do with that too. You know, you have mm-hmm. to um, stay clear and at least, the very least, neutral, so that you're not harboring any kind of you know ill feelings, misunderstandings when that person comes around again. You know, like right, oh, where did right. you go? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Now you, know, you want to come back. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, it's, okay, so now your next question was on your road to success here. What do you need to know? Like, what is it? So tell us what you meant by that question. What do you need to know? So if you're going to embark on a career, um, maybe you're starting over or, you know, you're just getting started, what is the bottom line? What do I need to do or know to to do that career. So do I need a four-year degree? Do I need uh, a master's degree? Do I need to uh, have a sales experience or whatever it is? What do you need to do? No, and only learn that. Don't get bogged down with that. And then it's like another excuse. People say, well, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know enough or I don't have enough experience and, or they, they self-deprecate. And it's kind of like, what's the bottom line? What's the basic things that you need to know to go after that? And then mm-hmm. go do that. Um, you know, obviously, if you need an advanced degree, then that's going to take some time. But you know, if you're if you're going on into something as an entrepreneur, just know the basics and then learn as you go. Really. You know, it's great advice because you got to jump. At some point, you got to jump exactly. in and just say, "I'm doing this." Yeah. Yes. But that that leap of faith sometimes gets you know so so scary because you're like, okay, so. Maybe I understand a little bit about what I think I know, right? But there's mm-hmm. so much more to know, like technology, for example. Sure. Technology can bog you down, mm-hmm. and especially the pressure nowadays with having to be on social media and your yeah. marketing platform and how to, you know, put it all together. That's enough to scare anybody away. Yes. Because absolutely, right? I mean, it, literally, you're going to be putting in years and years of time trying to learn enough, learn enough, learn enough mm-hmm. before you ever get started. Right, and so that's yeah. it's also an excuse. It's like, well, I, I still need to learn this, or I still need. No, you don't. Just go do it. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's that's kind right. of like the fake it till you make it. Obviously, if you're my brain surgeon, I hope you went to school. I don't want you to fake it. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're in my brain, but. You know, for for other things, for most things that don't require, you know, an advanced degree in something, I think you just, you know, surround yourself with people who do know, who've already done it, who you can use as mentors, who can, you know, teach you along the way, whatever, but just get started already. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you even can't start that, till you I mean, start. Is, that's so true. You can't start till you start. Okay, but there's so many people out there I know who there's their financial circumstances keep them in a mental block. And when I say block, mm-hmm. like imagine like a square around you. And oh, yeah. they they really can't see past it going, well, I have no money. I don't know anybody. The people all in my neighborhood mm-hmm. literally are all broke on welfare or right. they don't have a dream. They don't have a vision. I don't even have anybody who can help me. It's like, how do we get that person to do what they can do? Well, I, I think those are faith also excuses, in. too. Yeah, well, faith, mm. absolutely. Because I think that block, you know, I've, I've always been successful, but I know I could have been a lot more successful, but I had my own block. And all the things that I wrote about in my chapter are, are very personal to me because there are things I mm. saw myself doing, um, you mm. know, the choices that I made mm-hmm. were safe choices, um, and I, I, you know, we all have our reasons why we t- we take the safer route. But uh, mm-hmm. once I opened up one of those sliding doors of my block 
and let faith take mm-hmm. in, take over, and allow myself mm-hmm. that vulnerability, um, you know, and ask for help. Because I was, a, I'm a very yeah. stubborn person. I'm a very strong woman, and to say, okay, I need help here. Somebody, give me a sign. Somebody, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was like the floodgates opened. The block went away, and it's like, oh my gosh, fasten my seatbelt. What is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> life is life is going mm-hmm. now. It went from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. overnight. Right. And I realize now, looking back, and I'm telling you, this is the the last two years this has happened to me, um, I look back, I'm like, dang it, why didn't I do this 10 years ago or 15 years ago or you know, whatever? Well, I guess mm-hmm. now in my wisdom and my age, I wasn't ready. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. And mm-hmm. finally I was ready and, um, yeah, let faith come in and, um, and be vulnerable. Uh, you know, ask for help. You know, the fact that you're currently surrounded by donkeys, people who, you know, mm-hmm. are in the same situation as you, doesn't mean you can't walk down the street and meet thoroughbreds. They're in, you know, they might mm-hmm. be in the same pasture. They, they, you just haven't been open to meeting them or allowing yourself and the courage to go and put yourself in front of those people because maybe you didn't feel worthy or you didn't feel that you deserved it or whatever the stories you've been telling yourself for however many years they're just stories. You know, they aren't your truth. And well, when you're ready, you'll hear your truth. Well, okay, so I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm also feeling like the person who isn't worthy. So if I don't have any self-worth, I really don't have any confidence in, you know, mm-hmm. anything that I've actually done, let's say. I don't have anything to show what I've actually done, but I definitely want something more from my life, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's say... I don't know, I'm in the same room with Jim Britt, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, what would it take to go and meet Jim Britt? You know, it's like, why would he want to talk to me? I haven't done a thing, but I would love to be successful with Jim Britt and align. Why would Jim want to align with me when I've got nothing? Mm. That's where, yeah. And, mm, go ahead. Yeah, and if you go to Jim Britt with that attitude, well, we, we both know and love Jim Britt, he would welcome you with open arms but um i think that if you go in with with self-deprecating decisions in your mind what 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 do i have for him um or or whatever that person is then that's the wrong approach you know it's kind of like i am a, a human i'm a beautiful child of god i am somebody who does have worth and and you, to get to that point that self-work to do but taking the leap of faith and being vulnerable because people of, of that caliber will recognize that and they will see right into to just looking in your eyes and, and feeling your soul. And, and those you just it's a leap of faith, with faith, if that makes sense, to right, be right. in that room with that person and just say, you know, we're all worthy. We are all worthy. You were born on this in this on this earth to with a purpose and the fact that you might lack confidence or an a, a strong ideal of who you are at this moment that doesn't mean that that's who you are that's just where mm-hmm. you are right now in mm-hmm. your journey right. and if mm-hmm. if you truly want to meet someone like Jim Britt then you will mhm yeah i think that um you know, what I'm hearing too is that, you know, we were talking earlier about fake it till you make it. Well, in this mm-hmm. situation, I don't think fake it till you make it is going to work because somebody <laughs> like Jim will see through that and go, wait, what have you done? What, you know, don't, don't try to fake it. I think yeah. better to be humble. Humble. And, you know, That's a great word. Yeah. And, and admit you know, this, this is my desire. I would be honored to work with you, you know, or to have mm-hmm. some sort of mentorship. And I really don't have any direction to anybody in my life at all who, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm close to that would be able to do this. You have to be humble and transparent and really be honest with the person in front of you, whoever that greatness is, in order mm-hmm. to be considered. Yes, uh, and transparency and humble uh, and humility, those are all great words. Absolutely. 
Uh, and I kind of feel that if you are someone who has been struggling, whatever your life circumstances put you in a place that made you feel less than, I think that um, those three things, that humility, humbleness, and transparency, are what you have to work with. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's a surrendering to something higher, like, okay, here mm-hmm. I am. I'm completely transparent. Mm-hmm. Here I am. This is the raw me. This is my soul. And, and, uh, and put it out there. And, and mm-hmm. part of that is, is our deep fear of rejection. Um, and, again, that goes back, speaks back to life experiences. What got you to this point where you feel this way? What happened mm-hmm. in your childhood? What happened with even, you know, relationships or whatever that beat you down to that point where you feel unworthy um, or uh, less than? Mm-hmm. And when, if, if, those, if that is in your mind and you see someone uh, like a Jim Britt across the room, then really what do you have to lose by walking across the room and introducing yourself? Because you're putting it all out there. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And if it's rejection, then that moment wasn't meant to be. That introduction, mm-hmm. that time wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to faith. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, if it's meant to be, then it will happen. And it will happen when it's supposed to happen. And it might not happen when you want it to happen, but it will happen when it is supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. that's when you are, you know, it, I work with people who um, are overcoming addictions. And it's kind of like that same sort of thing. I am as raw <laughs> and as low as I possibly can be. And uh, now where do I go? Well, really, the only other direction is up, right? Mm-hmm. Up mm-hmm. and out of your current situation. And the best way to get up is to reach your hand up and say, somebody somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I find that that is really a difficult thing for a lot of people to do is to, to take that yeah. hand. Yes. You know, because the ego gets in the way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But so I think that when you're at a point, yeah, and, and, and that is, and those people, if, if there's ego involved, then you'll stay exactly where you are, you know, wherever mm-hmm. that is. When when mm-hmm. you do let go of the ego, um, you know that's. But I think that somebody who doesn't feel self worth doesn't even really have an ego at play, and then and that that comes to well now there's nothing in your way. Reach mm-hmm. out. Mm, I don't know. I think those those um, insecurities can really be so big um, mm-hmm. that it really prevents us from being our best self. Yeah, for example, if if Jim's sitting across the room and and, uh, (laughs) you're really wanting to meet him, but you don't have that self-worth and the value and anything to offer, um, first humility, but then enthusiasm is super important. Mm -hmm. If your vibration and, you know, demeanor is that of, yeah, I don't have any self-worth. I don't even know what's good Mm -hmm. about me. Typically, other people are like, okay, let me know when you find that. (laughs) Yeah. Right, but I think, but and you know, you do go back to fake it till you make it, and you say, well, I don't know that it would work in that situation. Well, it just might, because, mm. um, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it, not fake it as as far as like pretending to be something that you're not, but just sort of faking confidence and just saying, okay, I can do this. I can get up and walk over. What's the big deal? I'm going to go over and introduce myself to this person. What's the worst thing mm-hmm. that he that happens? He turns around and walks right. away, or he says, "Hello, it's nice to meet you. Tell me mm-hmm. about yourself," mm-hmm. or right. whatever. But right. to prejudge or, what's going to happen is is an sure. obstacle. Oh my goodness! Yeah, definitely. That and that's where fear comes from. It's you're making mm-hmm. assumptions about how the outcome is going to uh, turn out, and then you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to go with that. And you don't right. take the risk. Yeah. You just wrote your mm-hmm. own story. <laughs> wrong yeah, exactly. Exactly, which, which comes to our, your next point. Um, what is your biggest fear? Mm-hmm. That was the question and, in there. What's the biggest fear? Go ahead. Well, the biggest fear, I think, well, in in this conversation is the fear of rejection. 
Um, mm. I think that one of the biggest fears for people is the fear of change. And, you know, there's always, you know, fear of death and all of that. But um, there's also people who are afraid of success itself where mm-hmm. they're just afraid of getting too big because the bigger I get, the harder I'm going to fall. What if I make a mistake? What if, what if? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Crazy. You know? We are a crazy bunch, aren't we? <laughs> we are. What the heck? <laughs> All the things that, that we think of, they're just so untrue. It's like the universe is constantly working in our favor if we would just go with that and believe, you know, mm-hmm. just <laughs> put our fears aside. Um, yes. You know, so, okay, I want to talk about this, though. You said the big four okay, on the mm-hmm. fear radar are aging, being alone, the unknown, and, um, of course, failure. Okay, so let's talk mm-hmm. about that for a minute. Okay. Uh, aging. What is, what is mm-hmm. so scary about aging? Because we're going to get old and die. <laughs> what happens if I get old and I get sick and then I can't have this career or I can't do what, you know, people, I, I have bucket mm-hmm. lists. Like, I want to go to Africa. Well, what if I get too uh-huh. old and I never get to go to Africa? It's, yeah. it's something that's, you know, fear of aging. I've never been 80. I don't know what that's going to be like. So, and that goes mm-hmm. into fear of the unknown. Um, you know, fear of aging. What's going to happen to my body and my brain? What, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to get old. I want to stay 25 or 30. Well, I don't want to sure. do that. But nobody wants to get older and then and, and we're afraid yeah. of it. And it's like, well, it's, it's inevitable and, and it's out of your mm-hmm. control. So, you know, stay in the well, present. And I hear you. Yeah. I totally hear you on that. Uh, I also, when I read the chapter, I was thinking to myself, yeah, unfortunately some people think they're too old now to do oh, anything. Well, to, you know, to start over. It's like, what am I going to do now? Okay, well, that's an interesting point. I started over at 50. So mm-hmm. I know that when I was 30, 50 was so old. Mm-hmm. Right? And now I, I love being 50. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just took up a new sport uh, six weeks ago, and now I'm obsessed with it, you know. And I look at it like, I can't play that sport. Well, why not? What is it? You know, uh-huh. It's pickleball. I am a pickleball what is fiend. <laughs> pickleball. Oh, what is, it's kind of like what is pickleball? stand-up ping pong, basically. It's, it's a fast game. It's, uh, you know, you're playing with a racket and a wiffle ball, and you're whacking the ball as hard as you can at people. And it opened up a whole <laughs> new social life for me. And I, I'm literally obsessed. I am changing my schedule around so I can play almost every day. How cute. Myself up. I'm going yes, to look and, for that. I've never even heard of it. Yes. Well, they have it all over mm. California, so it's my favorite okay. thing. And it's social, okay. it's a quick game and but I'm like, okay, I took up karate in my thirties and I stayed uh-huh. with it and I got a second degree black belt, you know, like that's crazy. what nice. is doing that. You know, but it's like, uh-huh. okay, am I too and, and that whole age thing, I, I hate that. Right. That whole if you're never uh, too am old. I, what, we're never too old. You better start you're right now. Never <laughs> old and, and my mom one of her <laughs> gifts to me is she was a lifelong learner like even to the when she was uh very sick she was still learning she was still engaged still interested That's still wonderful. following the news and yeah she was a lifelong right. learner so that was a, a wonderful gift that she passed down is right you, you aren't ever too old exactly no. that you are never too old to start anything mm-hmm. just Dive no. in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so we've got about five minutes left, and I really wanted to go over this too. I've enjoyed our conversation. Okay. Um, let's 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 touch base on being alone. Yeah. Fear of being alone. What do you think about that? Yeah. Hmm? Well, that, <laughs> right where where it is. I mean, you know, that's why people stay in relationships that they have no business being in because mm-hmm. they're afraid of being alone, and um, yeah. you know, I. In the whole dating world, you know, you see people that just want to jump right back into another relationship because they're afraid of being alone. They have never taken the time to identify with themselves as a single Mm -hmm. human being. And um, what am I going to do? And maybe I don't really like hanging out with myself, (laughs) you know. Right. And the bottom line is we're never alone. You're never alone. Never. 
So never alone. You're never alone. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to reconcile that. And, and the difference between, there's a huge difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's maybe what I should have said was being lonely. But mm-hmm. again, maybe that comes to not, you know, afraid of getting out there and putting Lock yourself time. out there and meeting people. You're right. There's no clarity in that. You know, people just think it's one, mm-hmm. being alone and being lonely. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not the same. And it's very important to learn how to love yourself and be good yeah. with being alone in your own company. That is actually a, a very important key to finding your success, to finding mm-hmm. your vision, yeah. to, you know, to find out what inspires you. Yeah, learning how to be alone. So the yes. next one, real quick, we've got three minutes. Huh? Okay. okay, so the unknown. Okay, so the unknown. People are afraid of the unknown because... Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't know what's going to happen if I do it because I've never done it before, mm-hmm. so I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, right. And, you know, and I think with that, where is your faith? It's, right. You should never fear the unknown because the universe is always working in your favor. You should be excited yes, about the unknown are. because your gift is coming. Uh, yes, it is. And you said, yeah. And, of course, failure. <laughs> we touched on failure a little bit. Do you believe in failure? Right. No. Well, I I believe failure is actually a good thing. It's a sign that you were either on the wrong path or if mm-hmm. if you don't fail, then how are you going to know how to do it better the next time? You know, right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know one single person in my entire life who hasn't failed at something. Mm-hmm. And they're still mm-hmm. okay. They, the sun still rises every morning and the moon comes up every now and then and, and the world's still spinning and you failed. Yeah. Okay, who get up and try it again. Mm-hmm. Try something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't your journey. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, right. the world does not stop. We all still keep going, mm-hmm. and everyone mm-hmm. will still love you, and then it, it's okay. You'll survive. Right. Exactly. Okay, so one last thing you said. I truly believe that once you embrace the unknown, take calculated risks, fall, and get back up again, and take time alone to reconnect with your own superpowers, you eliminate the obstacles because you no longer see them. I love that. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally agree with that. So, all right, so we have a minute and a half left. But thank you so much for coming on today. My co-author for Cracking the Rich Code, I enjoyed your your whole chapter here, and I'm I'm sure everybody uh, got a lot of – bombs dropped on them today going oh my gosh why do I think like that (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for having me of course so where where can we find you tell everybody what's the best way to find you well you can find me uh, bethinspires.com instagram at balanced robin uh, facebook beth robin right on excellent all right dear well thank you again you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon okay thank you thanks Mary Lee Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for all of my listeners, if you are interested in being a co-author in Cracking the Rich Code, please send me an email at com, and we'll get you um, connected with Jim Britt and, and uh, see how, we, how we're going to do this together, and then I'll see you on the show. Uh, and, again, I thank you so much. Go over to the Facebook page, Cracking the Rich Code, And um, we'll see you next week. Thanks, you. Bye-bye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.